now more than ever trying to balance all of the things that are going on between the coronavirus crisis and all of the life that's happening and the people to take care of and the parenting and the quarantining now more than ever is a time to figure out like what does balance look like in our lives personally and professionally and in this episode we're gonna dive deep into that Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. Welcome back, ladies. I hope that wherever you are and whatever condition your house is in, that you are happy and healthy. Uh, The current condition of my home is borderline chaos meets filled with lots of love and crafts. I recently had to come and move my in-laws in with me, which was an interesting, has been an interesting transition, but they're older and they need to be taken care of. And I am all for helping those that love and support me as much as they do. Um, but I'm just trying to figure it out. And I kind of like had to like sit down and, and figure out like, what is my mantra like through this? Like, what is it that I need to say to myself to make sure that I don't kill people, that I don't have a nervous breakdown, all, all of the things that I'm worried about. And so here is what I want you guys to see. This is what I'm saying every day. If it helps you, I'm all for it. And it is control what I can control, do what I can for others, and celebrate every chance I can. And if that is something that can help you get through this, please use it. Steal it for me. I have it like on a post-it note in my office to help me Uh, remind me to like keep it together and do what I can through this because my number one objective in all of this is to keep my family safe and healthy while also helping people as much as I can and celebrating every opportunity silly thing that happens I can because we need to celebrate in order to stay sane and, and get those endorphins and happiness things up. So in today's episode, I talk with Gwendolyn about how she as transition from being like a gigantic like brand representative for a big YouTube channel all the way down to a normal mom trying to get her life together through the YouTubes. Let me tell you a little bit about her awesomeness. Gwendolyn has hosted an over 8 million view, 600,000 subscriber tech channel and live national television spots. She is now a content creator, strategist, and founder of Simplified Content, where she's helping busy brands and busy owners create more content for more platforms with less effort. She's also a mom, and we dive very deep into a lot of like the the struggles, the pain points, the benefits, the wonder, the joy, all of the things that come with being a female business owner and a mom at the same time. And of course, adding like that extra level of like, you know, complicated, awesome frosting to it by uh, trying to do YouTube at the same time. So without further ado, let's just like dive into this episode. I hope that you get so much out of it. And remember guys, we're in this together. Control what you can control. Help those that you can 
And of course, celebrate every chance that you get. Welcome to the podcast, Gwendolyn. I'm so excited for us to talk about all of the YouTube things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Start this way we always do. Why YouTube? Ooh, good question. So I come, um, I'm I'm probably one of your only guests that went from a, a large channel to a small channel, but I started in the television industry. I'm a television host. And then I got a full-time gig on a large channel out in California for uh, a tech channel. And, um, and so when I started my business, that was just like second nature to me. So YouTube was where my audience already was. And, um, and then I had to, I realized that I kind of had to start from scratch because my audience was completely different <laughs> from my large tech channel to, you know, servicing entrepreneurs. So, um, it's just, it's how I, it's how I communicate. It's the easiest way for me to communicate and connect with an audience. Um, I'm a, I'm just a TV person. I'm a, I'm all about video. Writing a blog post takes me probably years. I, ca I can't do it. <laughs> um, and I hate taking pictures of myself. So um, yeah, video is where I'm at. And so YouTube is like, it's my jam and it's the easiest way I can connect with my audience and get a real conversation going with them. So can I just say, you might be our only guest so far that's gone from big to small, which I don't think so, by the way. <laughs> but I love that you're like, I can talk on video all day long. Just don't take my picture. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, I've, I've said this on my Instagram like stories before, but it's so true. Like I, I think I have, I have, I have a face for video and I don't know what it is. Like I'm just so expressive and, and this is a podcast. So maybe it's a good thing that you guys can't see my face right now, but I'm so <laughs> expressive. I can't take a still, like I can't take a screenshot for my thumbnails ever. It just doesn't work because <laughs> I literally my... have to like full on, like end of my videos, it's a full on like Jeez, so true post. my my editor always sends me though like really funny faces that are like gifts through the edit he's like you should make this your thumbnail i'm like shut up <laughs> that was so yeah when i was on the larger channel like obviously i had someone i i had a videographer i had someone who was editing and you know i went i went from this large channel and this like great polished production. Um, and then when I tried to do it for myself, I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot harder than I thought to take a screenshot of myself. <laughs> That's a tough right. job. <laughs> it's real problems that we face, right guys? So, right. <laughs> so since you have come from, you know, building this content and being the face of this brand, like building up something of your own, talk to us about what some of your biggest struggles have been, you know, maybe not just as in YouTube, but also with this, with business. Yeah, sure. So, um, so like I said, the, one of the biggest problem was, um, going from a completely different audience and realizing, realizing that switch because I had, I was an influencer in the tech industry for four years. And when I left, it was like this big deal and, and people were sad about it and they're like, where can I follow you? And I'm like here. And then, but that's not my demographic for my channel. So I started gaining an influence with the wrong audience. And I, I had to kind of change my image and almost completely let go of the influence I had built up over four years. So I, I had to start from scratch again, which um, is weird. It's weird coming from like this huge channel and then, and then turning around and going, okay, well, forget that. 
person that you used to know. <laughs> now I'm over here talking about this and they're like, yeah, we don't care. Are you going to open an iPhone for us? And <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that was probably my biggest struggle was really figuring out who is my audience. And I try to make it work. I try to fit it into the box that I had already created for myself as a tech guru. And um, just a little backstory on what that channel was is I taught people how to repair their electronic devices. So I would open up iPhones and, and computers and, and show them what was inside and what kind of chips were being used. And um, we would fly people to Australia to get the iPhones first and, you know, fun things <laughs> like that. Um, and then, and then when I started my own business, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll show the tech industry how to build an influence on YouTube because I did it. Um, I started with the channel before they even had 100,000 subscribers. So I helped build that channel and I knew what was working in that industry. And, and I thought that's what I wanted to do, but I, I couldn't make it fit. It wasn't aligned with really who I was. So I was trying to fit myself back into a hole that um, the whole reason I left was, you know, to go start something new. And um, I kept trying to make it work and it didn't. So it was really just the evolution of my channel, um, it, it took a while to figure out who I was servicing and how I was helping them. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Cause I know that a lot of us probably have all struggled with figuring out like who to talk to. In fact, I literally just got done with a lunch with a client that was like, I, I talked to all of these different people and I was like, no, can't do that. We have to talk <laughs> to some very specifically on the YouTubes. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You got to know this person inside and out. So how were you able to like really identify who you should be talking to, especially because like you were talking to people who needed help with tech and you mm -hmm. helping them with this totally different business thing that you're doing. They are now quite, I would think that they're not always the same person, like very no, few times. Gosh, no. Person. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> definitely not the same person anymore. Um, in fact, I came from a channel that was 90% male, uh, viewership. So, um, as you can imagine tech channel, um, and, and not in the United States, not everyone, like I actually have on my Twitter, I actually have more people following me in, I think Brazil, I think is where my biggest following is, which is hilarious. But, um, Anyway, so yeah, I went from a, I, I completely shift my demographic and, and it was a lot of throwing spaghetti at the wall, but what, what really, um, changed the tide for me was my biggest struggle on YouTube. And that was keeping up with the content creation. And, uh, so now all of my content creation is, is servicing the person that I was three years ago, trying to keep up with content creation for YouTube. And, um, and I think I've, I've probably gone through every single hurdle I can think of for YouTube. Like I said, I came from a large channel where I had someone recording me. I had someone editing. Um, you know, I had someone who had this massive computer with all the things to a small, you know, air, you know, MacBook air <laughs> that could edit one video and then it was full. <laughs> And so, and then I was, you know, oh, I, I got to get the new DSLR. I got to get the right lights. I got to get the, all the things and, and realizing that um, the actual production of that was impossible while servicing my clients and giving them what they asked for. And also having two kids at home that were not school-aged yet. So I had a one and two-year-old. So filming in general is just hard with kids at home. Um, I don't, I don't bother. They're yeah. Just, they're just... <laughs> 
Um, I'm, I'm, I, my mother cursed me. She's like, I hope that you have children just like you, which means I do. And they're loud. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know, like my, like, I just do not have a default, like low quiet setting. Like it actually requires a lot of like conscious thought for me to talk softly. <laughs> my children are not there yet. So I don't even bother. <laughs> No, I hear you. Now, now my kids and they, they just started preschool and that wasn't until, you know, this past fall. So, um, this, this whole time trying to, you know, it was always the urgent trump the important. So I've got these tiny humans that, you know, got to stay alive. And then I've also got clients are paying me to run their channels for them. Cause at the time I was a, a YouTube expert, just like running channels for influencers. And, um, and so I was like, well, I guess my content will come later. And, and then it got to the point where my content just never happened. Like I, I was, I stopped producing for my YouTube channel for six months. I shut down my you know, Facebook group and my Instagram was a joke. Like nothing was out there. Um, and that, and that all was because the urgent was trumping the important in my life and I just couldn't keep up with content creation. And then the aha moment was after I figured out how to do it, it really was, oh my gosh, you know, I bet other people are struggling with this problem too, especially service providers, you know, because people are paying them. And of course that's going to come first. Um, but you can't grow. You can't scale if you're not putting yourself out there and growing your authority. And so, um, and so that's kind of when I finally realized that the light bulb went off and content was just flowing out of me and it was so much easier. And I'm connecting with my audience so much better on YouTube now, uh, because of my biggest problem with YouTube. (laughs) I find it so relatable because I just went through something like this myself. I have been talking about content marketing on, on the YouTubes for, you know, almost three years, two and a half years. And mm-hmm. like, I've been a social media person for 10 wow. and I got called out hard by people at my presentations. Cause I do this whole talk about like, so you made a video now what it's all about like how you put this system in place. Like you use this one video to promote all of the things. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, well, why aren't you doing this? And I was like, cobbler's <laughs> kids are the last ones to get shoes. And that cannot be an excuse anymore because like, if I can't even practice what I preach, how am I supposed to expect anybody else to? So yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I've talked about how like in order for my YouTube channel to exist, I've had to have an editor just because I'm with you like all of the time, keeping small people alive, man, a lot of work. <laughs> It is. And I don't know, like I went from when I was on the YouTube channel out in California, I had a, I had a full-time nanny and then I was like, I'm going to start my own business and this is going to be easy. (laughs) Totally forgetting that. Oh, there's kids involved. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy transition at all, but I, I get that. Yeah. I, and even when I got to the point where I felt like I could continue and and maybe put something out that was going to be great. I, I would hesitate and not put something out because I was like, if I put something out right now, then I need to have something ready for next week because you can't, you can't do this dance where you're not being consistent because then that that's builds that mistrust and you're losing some credibility if you can't be consistent. So I would hold on to things forever until I felt like I could, I could be consistent. 
I know things were getting really heated up in this episode, but I wanted to take a quick sec and make sure that you knew about the Women of YouTube community. This is a Facebook group focused on bringing us female creators together to help with any struggles that you might be having. You can ask questions and get answers from your fellow female creators and of course, lift each other up along the way of our YouTube journeys. We also are going to have weekly office hours, monthly trainings on various topics to help you as a creator at any level. We're going to also have Ask Me Anything, some of our favorite YouTube creators, live channel reviews with TubeBuddy, and so much more. I would love it if you joined us. So please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash women of YouTube. I will also include a link to this group in those show notes. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So what's been the coolest thing for you about being a YouTuber? Um, the coolest thing is, is definitely talking to people that I've changed lives with. Um, and for me that there's a lot of that is happening more on the ground level, I think with my own channel and I'm able to connect with people on a deeper level. Um, I had to have a little more boundaries with my, uh, with the large tech channel, but it was so, that was my first real light into. And I think I started in 2013. Um, but I, I would get people messaging me and, and talking to the channel and commenting saying, I've never, I didn't even know, you know, my iPhone could be opened. I didn't even know that there, you know, I assumed there was a battery, but I didn't know where it was. And, yeah. and they changed out their own battery in their iPhones because of me. And, um, there was something about my presentation that made it relatable. Um, not just that I was a girl that could do it, but you know, like I invited people to be a part of what, uh, this movement. And, um, I truly believed in the company and their, their, what their mission was, which was really like, we throw away so much e-waste all the time. And if we, if we just decide to fix something instead, you know, it can have a longer shelf life, which means it's, it's a longer time out of some kind of e-waste, you know, landfill. So, um, I was sold out on the mission. And when people were starting to confirm that and say, you changed my life, I, I have this, you know, I have this confidence now to, to repair my own devices that made that just made a huge difference in my life. And I was like, okay, YouTube is where it's at, man. Like it, it reaches people all over the world. Um, and I just didn't see that on, I mean, at the time, Instagram wasn't a big platform. Um, maybe Twitter was, but um, at the time it was like YouTube was so far reaching and I was touching lives all over the world and it was incredible. That sounds really great. It's always so nice to know like when you are, your videos help people, but changing lives is such a, such a, I think I would feel, I would think such a moving process for sure. So we as women deal with a lot of things that come to the internet. There's not only like a whole bunch of like obstacles that we face internally that we have to get past. Like I think unilaterally everyone always talks about like, before we get on YouTube, I have to do like full hair and makeup. Like that whole <laughs> thing has to happen before that happens. But what is something that you've faced that you're like, a dude would never have to do with this? Why am I? Yeah, for sure. So um, I I, I kind of have two. And, and for, I think everyone has to kind of deal, especially the larger you get, you got to deal with those negative comments. But I, I, got a, uh, I got so many on the tech channel that were um, 
just obviously would never, a woman would never face those kind of comments. Um, the generic, you know, why aren't you in the kitchen type of comments or, um, I hate your nail color. And I'm like, are you even watching the video? You're not even <laughs> like, what is that trying to find it has nothing to do. Yeah. Um, but then it, it got pretty extreme and, and there were times when we had to block people from the channel cause they were rape threats, death threats. Um, and, and it was simply coming from, um, not just trolls. It was, it was really people who just had a problem with a woman teaching, uh, uh, in a male dominated field. And, um, why do you think that that is such an issue? Like we're in an era where it should be, and we're fighting for that representation everywhere on mm -hmm. both sides of the spectrum. Like we're really accepting of men in the beauty and fashion space and in, in health and fitness and weight loss. Sure. And stuff. Like we know that everyone deals with those things. Um, going, why are we having these issues, you know, on the other way around? Like, I'd love to know from you from, from coming from a tech background as to like why men just don't want to learn from a woman, a woman. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. It's just like the resistance to, to feel like, um, you know, there's, there's space for women in an industry that feels male dominated. And it's really not, honestly, there's plenty of women in this industry. And, um, but I think, it's harder for women to show their face in the industry because they don't want that kind of backlash. So the more women can show up in these male dominated industries, the better it will get. And sometimes you just got to be one of the first. And, and I wasn't the first female host for their channel. Um, but the channel blew up uh, a lot more after I joined. And so I got a lot more backlash than, than the previous host. And, um, and that's what it takes. It just takes more, more women making it more, you know, just it's common, common nature now for, for us to show up in these spaces in the, in the STEM area. Um, so it, it's really just going to take having more faces that, that look female <laughs> in the industry. But, um, you know that's that's definitely one of the main problems that I had as a female host on a very on a large tech channel, um, but I think now in uh, my smaller channel in, in my personal channel, uh, it's really just that I'm I'm having to balance more at home in order to create content, and so um, not not that my husband doesn't help out with my kids in around the house, but um, it is definitely it's definitely more weighted on me. And, and it's not like he's not willing to, it just seems to be a place that I put myself, you know, I take on those roles. And so if something's failing inside the house or the kids need something, you know, I, I put that pressure on myself. Um, and, and I got myself into a, a lot of trouble. And that's part of why I shut down my channel for so long is, is I just couldn't balance everything. Um, and, and until I could get to the place where I'm, creating a month's worth of content in one day. Um, but it, it took that kind of shake of like, this is important. And, and if you want to reach these people, you've, you've got to find a way to fit it into your life. And, and I did have to ask for help. And I, and I realized that I wasn't willing <laughs> to ask for help because what it looked like was, you know, the laundry wasn't folded this, the way that I like it. <laughs> and you just kind of have to accept that sometimes if you're going to ask for help from a man. <laughs> 
Who doesn't do laundry? Oh my gosh. So many like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Like, like you and I could probably have like been through the same household. Right. (laughs) I I, I am a, I'm a recovering military spouse. So (laughs) my husband is, um, is, is a stay at home dad now. That's what he told me he wanted to, we had a lot of conversations. He's been dealing with his anxiety from military life. And, and we just had this conversation like, why don't you just like be a stay at home dad? Like that's, this is, this can be your job. Yeah. So many people like to this, like my kids still in the middle of the night when they have a bad dreams or tummy's hurt or whatever, they always come to me still, even though mommy's yeah. home, get up and, and work they, you know, they just haven't quite connected that like they go talk to daddy or, you know, um, the daddy is the one that takes care of them and the home giver. And I am all about like, guys, go talk to your dad, guys, go talk to your dad, guys, go talk to your dad. <laughs> but then, but then there's that like biological, like mom tug at like my heart. that's like, but my babies, I know need me and I love them. And they're the reason they do everything. And I would, I would push my husband in front of a car to save them. Like it's just, <laughs> but I I know I know the feeling and then and I have the same like tugs but I have to like realize that's coming from me and and they're in very good hands with my husband I just have to let my my husband is not babysitting right exactly my husband isn't quote-unquote watching our children like he's parenting (laughs) them and I I think I've told this joke probably a couple times on the podcast but like I'll go speak at places and like oh who's watching your kids and like oh crap I forgot to put out a bowl of food for them (laughs) You know, it's like, no, like they're with their dad. Like, you know, I'm a married. We literally just talked about this. Like, yeah, dads watch kids too. I know. And- I think the struggle for us is, is I, I run my business from home. So it's almost like, it's like, oh, it's a given. You're just going to be the one that picks them up from school and, and then you're off for the rest of the day. Right. And I'm like, no, like, I, I mean, my business doesn't just stop because my kids are off of school at one, you know, like there are people who needs me. So, well, so you know, like goes, that goes the other way too. Like where it's not just like people don't realize like, oh, your business doesn't stop when sleep kid drop off. It's like your kids have to learn that too. It's like, you know, just because you're 100%, here, yeah, the boundaries. Your mommy doesn't also have this other responsibility. Not that they're, it's more important than you, but it is something that matters too as well. Yeah. And, it's, and I think it's a lot of that education. And I know that I have been having that balance a lot with my kids lately where it's like, just because mommy's home doesn't mean I'm not working. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So, so true. But I, having, giving like that, I have to also be very conscious of it myself where it's like, well, I'm home. I can work whenever I want. It's like, no, I need to like leave my phone by the computer, close the door to the office and like completely check out from work and be separated and like give my time and attention to my kids and my right. husband because it can, that can get really resentful and healthy. And I don't want my kids to think that like, Oh, mommy's on her phone. On her phone, she just needs to. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge, huge thing that is like a, a big learning curve when you're just starting your business. Um, having the boundaries between your business and home life when you work from home is so hard to learn. But it, you know, like I had that struggle too. And again, it's the it's not it's not being lazy. It's just that you are overworking almost because there are no boundaries. There's no physical boundaries to to what your work is. So you don't, you don't put them up, you know? And and this goes again, this again goes both ways too. Like your family needs to understand that there are boundaries just because you're home doesn't mean that you're just available to drop everything that you're doing to tend to their quote unquote needs. 
So it's, it's a lot of balance. It's a lot of communication. And I kid you not, I never once have heard a man talk about this. No, no. And I think I I told you this story um, a while back, but I, uh, part of the reason I left to have my own, to start my own business um, was the, the double standards that I was feeling as a, as a new parent, I started having kids and it's funny because, you know, as a host, they just kept moving the camera up. So (laughs) look like I wasn't pregnant. Um, but my husband worked for the same company and, and I started getting even, even from people really high up in the company, like, Oh, you're having your second kid. I didn't realize you were coming back. Cause I was in the process of batching a ton of content so that I could come back from my maternity leave and there would be no skip in any material. And, um, and they're like, Oh, you're coming back. How are you going to do that with two kids? And I was like, are you, are you going to ask my husband that? too? Cause he works here too. <laughs> Are you going to pay me less too? Because I had babies. Right. And that totally <laughs> happened actually. Yeah. So, um, so that was part of it. Like there were so many things that were just pointing to, you know what, the whole reason I started and my why is that I know that I'm capable of so much more than any normal job has allowed me to be. Um, so it was, it was really just that I was held back from being the best I could be. And it's like, I feel like sometimes these jobs, these real jobs don't let you fail. They don't let you try to be innovative. And I had so many ideas for our channel and and so many ways we could grow even faster and and reach a a deeper audience. And they were shot down a lot. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing. (laughs) And I was, I was so fired up and and ready to, to jump into my own thing. Um, but that comes with its own challenges, you know, like, like you said, the boundaries. So it's just, it's such a weird, a weird world, right? <laughs> so weird that like we can work from home anywhere, doing anything, talking to people on the internet where we look really great on our face, but like from the waist down, we're wearing pajama pants and, and slippers, right? And we probably have not brushed our teeth or put deodorant on yet, <laughs> but we can still be professionals, but still, you know, also face these, like uh, these eternal battles of like, do I work or do I take care of my family when it shouldn't even be a thing? It's such a funny time that we live in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I think there's expectations that for women that we should be able to do it all. And, um, and, and I don't think that men eat, get that, you know, they yeah. just don't get that pressure. So I think the idea of doing it all is the worst statement of all time because yeah. <clears throat> like, no, just no. Like, I don't need to have it all. I'm just going to have what I want and work for it. I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. So let's talk about some details here. So talk to me about how, what are your favorite tools for filming? What do you use? How do you edit? How do you promote your videos? Give Mm -hmm. us the deets. Okay. So the details are really simple. And the reason for that is, 
um, the details of my equipment are super simple. And um, I started with a really fancy light kit, uh, a really nice microphone, and um, and and I had a whole. I made a whole studio in my basement um, and a DSLR, and it was so nice. And then I started getting clients who were just starting out on YouTube, and and that was their biggest block was the equipment. Like, and I started saying, okay, well, don't invest money into equipment that you don't have time to invest in to learn. Um, and then that basically was born out of, okay, you know what? iPhones are great. Just use your iPhone. And, and they're like, yeah, but it's going to look like crap. So all of my content from 2019, if you go look at my channel, was filmed on an iPhone with a $20 mic and natural light. And the point of that is really to show my clients that it is possible. And if you think it's, you know, if you go and you say, you know, this, this doesn't look professional, I dare you. I dare you to go look at my channel and say it doesn't look professional. <laughs> um, Webcam in a window. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know, I know Sonny Leonard Doozy started with a webcam and a window, you know, like it, it's possible to, to create amazing content. And I guarantee you, if you're focused, like you can get great sound out of a, a, an affordable mic. Um, I mean, currently I have a, a nice USB mic, um, but that's because I've also started doing a lot more podcasting and I have courses that I create. So of course the audio needs to, to match those things. Um, but that was only a $50 upgrade. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I spent a ton of money. You can use that webcam for your audio as long as like you're close to it and it's not like a big old echoey room or something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Work with what you got, right? Yeah. And, and like I said, it was, it was a hurdle for me too, because I felt like I needed to produce that polished look that people were used to seeing me as. Um, and when I let go of the fact that that wasn't my audience anymore anyway, um, and my audience were the people who, who I was two steps ahead of, um, I started really figuring it out and, and realizing, you know what, (laughs) if I make it simple for myself, I'm going to make it simple for a lot more people too. Uh, so in all my videos, I I say, you know, this was filmed on an iPhone with a $20 mic and natural light. If I can do it, you can do it too. You know? So I love that. Good job. Yeah. So talk to us about what business looks like for you from YouTube. We as ladies, like as anybody really on YouTube, like, Yes, it starts off as a passion project. Yes, it probably starts out as a hobby. But how have you been able to build a business from what you're doing on YouTube or because of, uh, like you had a business and you use YouTube to fuel it? Like, talk to us about that. Yeah. So for me, YouTube is my vehicle. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm on all sorts of other platforms, uh, but it all derives from my YouTube. Uh, just like if you were to break up a blog post or whatever, YouTube is my main platform. Um, and, and it is, like I said, the easiest way for me to connect with my audience because I am a, I am a video person. Um, and I, I, I think I'm better at recorded video. I'm funnier, uh, to editing <laughs> than I am with live. And, uh, I have a, I have a degree in speech communications. I should be good at that. But, but honestly, like I am better in recorded videos and it's just who I am and and what I'm good at. So, um, so that's where it all begins for me. And that's my first point 
of reaching my new, uh, my shiny new people out there who um, are just getting to know me. It's the best way to get to know me because my personality comes out a lot easier. So YouTube for me is um, finding a new audience that needs me and telling them how they can find more value from me. So if something on my channel really resonates with them, it is where I, I give them more value in the way of an opt-in or, um, you know, send them somewhere else where they consume content. Um, so f- yeah, for me, YouTube as my, it is my business engine almost, uh, because it's, it's where everything starts for me, for, for the whole funnel of my life and my business. Preach girl. What do you do with YouTube to grow your business? Like, do you like use your email list? Do you have like an opt-in? Like what are those sorts of things? Like how do you funnel the other one? For sure. So um, for for a long time, I, I tried to make content around specific opt-in to make a new opt-in every so often. And, um, and then I realized, you know, my business is, is pretty niched. I mean, I'm a content creation strategist. I'm not going to help you with your strategy for YouTube. Sonny Leonarduzzi can help you with that. Um, <laughs> or, or Instagram, Jasmine Starr can help you with that. Um, but like, I'm going to help you with creating content and fitting it into your very busy schedule. Um, so I'm already really niched. So my one opt-in is, is pretty high converting for that. So I do have an opt-in, but I also have um, an evergreen mini course where I help people create a year's worth of content, um, ideas for one in one sitting. Um, and so that, that's another thing that just kind of fuels that first step. If you really liked me on YouTube, you're going to love this course. Cause this, I teach the same way in my courses that I do on YouTube. Um, and so those types of things really help. But then I, I, I also talk about, you know, where you can find me and other, other videos that are going to connect with you. Um, if, if you like this, so I'm not for everyone. And I think I had to learn that I had to learn that, you know, not everyone needs what I have to say and that's okay. As long as the person who does need me and connects with me and resonates with how I teach and, and my weirdness (laughs) and my vibe, then, um, then they're going to love everything that's in my description. And I try to cater it to that, that small niche of people. You are not for everyone and you are not meant to be. <laughs> right. And I, and I, and it's so hard. I think for, especially for girls, it's hard to understand that and, and to fathom that. Um, I definitely had to, well, I learned that really quick on a large YouTube channel, <laughs> right. but it's, it's, it's something I had to relearn as a business owner um, because I wanted to help everyone, but not everyone needed what I was selling. So yeah. I hear you. So do you think that there is room on YouTube for new creators? 100%. I think I get this question a lot is, is, you know, is it too late? Is it too late to start a YouTube channel? And, and no, it's not. Um, I, I think it's, it's a slightly, um, yes, there, there's a lot of content out there, but that doesn't mean there isn't space for you because we are all individuals and, um, we all have different experiences. So while I may talk about similar things when it comes to YouTube as someone else, um, it, it, it doesn't mean that my experience with YouTube isn't going to be completely different. Like I said, I'm, 
you have a whole podcast about women on YouTube. And I went from a large channel to a small channel. And I don't, I don't know if you've had a guest that has done that. Um, so my experience with YouTube is very different from a lot of your guests. So I have a little, I have a different perspective and so does someone else. So, um, your experiences fuel your, um, value for YouTube. Um, so it's never too late. I think, you know, just making sure that you're making it and, and not trying to make someone else's content over again with your face on it. You're actually trying to make it yours. All right. Time for a little lightning round. Ready? Yeah. Favorite female creators. Ooh. Uh, well, I really like your channel. Can I say that? Yeah, um, and like I said, uh, Sunny Leonarduzzi is super fun. Um, she's getting into the woo-woo, which I'm kind of liking, actually. She's, she's super fun. Um, and yeah, so those, those right now, that's what I'm consuming. <laughs> what do you drink before you start doing all of your, your uh, videos? Um, a, a lot of coffee. There's um, Starbucks makes these double shots for the K pods, um, and I consume that so that I am bouncing off the walls with energy because I film like four to eight videos in one day. So I gotta be, I gotta be super caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> Most overlooked mistake new YouTubers make. Oh, not not using call to actions, like not asking for subscribers or like comments or anything. Like they just put the content out there and then walk away. <laughs> Uh, most successful video on your channel? Mm. Oh, I did an interview with Keston Howard. Um, he's a voice artist that did, um, he voiced a character for Afmal, which has like 4 million um, subscribers. Um, so yeah, I just interviewed him as a creator um, on, on my channel and it's one of the most successful videos. And how can people follow you on YouTube? On YouTube and everywhere else, simplified content. Awesome. Thanks for being on, Gwendolyn. It was awesome to talk to you and get your perspective on all of the things. I appreciate you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.